to like dust. And the wind will blow it away. Everything that man loves in this world now, very, very soon, will be absolutely nothing. All the money, you know how people are about money. They lie, they cheat, they steal over wealth and fame and fortune. For long, it'll be nothing. Everything that people are so drunk on, as far as Laodicea in the world, be nothing. Big, beautiful cities, big, beautiful buildings, houses, cars, fine clothes, nothing. Won't even matter. And the Lord will pick the humble meek and set them over the big people. Amen. I'm glad. I'm glad we're part of that kingdom today, aren't you? I can shout on that song because you ain't talking about me. Because my kingdom ain't fixing to fall, it's fixing to get bigger. That's why I've known him a long, long time ago. I just decided that it wouldn't be a good idea to build a Reagan kingdom. Because, I mean, that big rock is going to, ooh, it's going to do major damage to every kingdom. Unless it's part of the kingdom of God. So the thing we all need to do is give everything we are to the kingdom of God. And that rock comes, we'll grow with it. Amen. Well, let's, let's take a visit today, shall we? Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verse 11. The bride speaking to her, her beloved. But now in chapter 7, of course, they're already married. They have already been spending wonderful time together. She has grown and uh, become certainly more mature. She would have never said these words initially whenever they met or even after they got married. But you can tell by her words and her conversation that she's identifying herself with who she is. And she's not ashamed to say this or feel she's overstepping her place. Uh, initially and on through the other chapters of the Song of Solomon, it is him that initiates this stage of intimacy. But now it's her. Come, my beloved. Let us go forth into the field. Let us lodge in the villages. Let us get up early to the vineyards. Let us see if the vine flourish, whether the tender grapes appear, the pomegranates bud forth. There will I give thee my love. Look at her in the assertive, positive position. Look in chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and you watch and see it's him. It's him beckoning, him dealing with her, him inviting her. But now she's inviting him. Amen. The mandrakes give a smell, and that our gates are all manner of pleasant fruits, new and old. I'll speak to you sometime on that. We'll not do it today, but new and old is very important in the economy of God. Which I have laid up for thee, O my beloved. Question answer 64. Will there be sin on the earth during that time? No. We can dismiss right now and say it's been good to be here. No, there will not be no sin on earth. Somebody hold my mules while I shout. <laughs> Listen to these next words. Satan is bound. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. 
the binder is bound. And there will be people, will there be people on earth in corporal bodies during that time? Yes, sir. We will have our glorified body right here on earth. Now listen, what we'll be doing? Eating, drinking, building houses, and living just like we do now for a thousand years. It's the honeymoon of the bride and groom. Again, question answer 64. So it's a Sabbath day when the church will no more labor against sin. And Satan is bound for a little season, a thousand years, because his subjects is all in hell. The church is on the earth, is redeemed right in the presence of Christ. So he has nothing he can work on. So it's not a chain, as I said, a log chain. It's a chain of circumstance. He has nothing he can do. Y'all still got my mules, right? He's helpless and hopeless. Look, friend, our whole life, this is what we've been waiting for. For him to be helpless and hopeless. Just waiting for the resurrection of the subjects. Then they are separated as the sheep from the goats. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, we love your word so, so very much. We are just so thankful, Heavenly Father, that we could be called part of your economy. The great things that lay before us in our human minds, it's almost more than we can comprehend. Lord, I understand and know that I have a little bit of an advantage over them because I've been studying this for weeks and weeks, and they're sitting here and trying to absorb within an hour or so things that I have uh, looked at and culminated over in a matter of days and weeks. And so we need your help. Help me, Lord, that I can present it in the right way and help them to be able to absorb it. It's the types of things that we want to just think on over and over again. It's our home. It's the place we're going to, our honeymoon. Lord Jesus, but until we get there, we have battles and tests and sicknesses that we must deal with. Father, I have in my hand today a prayer cloth for our sister Brenda. Lord, you see that she's facing a surgery, and you see what the surgeons have told her about the situation. Dear God, we just pray for your mercy to our sister, that you'd be with her, Lord. No doubt others here today have needs. Invisible audience of those that are streaming have different needs in their homes, their lives, their families. But we know that you're mindful. Would you be with us today? Would you catch us up into an atmosphere that only you can create as we sit here and feast at the table with the king? For it's in the name of the Lord Jesus we ask it. And the church said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. When the bomb explodes or series of bombs, it will change the surface of the earth, but not, not ready yet for the new city. But it will make it to where it will be suitable for the honeymoon. In that will be changes in the mountains as we've looked at it in Israel, the plains, uh, rivers, but there will still be the sea. There will still be mass bodies of water. There will still be 
things upon the earth that there will not be in the eighth day. But there will not be sin, and in the sense of us the way we know it today. There will not be death to those that are in these eternal life bodies. Nothing to die. But there will be worship, and there will be church, as it was. It's not church age church, but it's millennium age church, which is different. It won't be preachers that will stand up and be preaching, but there will be singing. There will be worship. There will be all types of commemoration to the testimony of the cross. There will be the Levites. There will be the entrance into the temple by which the prince goes, which is the sacred gate. No one else can go there, of course. There will be several changes in the Millennium Temple. But yet, it will be life much closer to this, I believe, than what we've thought. I don't think it's going to be near as heavenly as what in our minds we have conjured up, which is basically fictitious. We think that we'll get there and we'll do nothing. No, you're going to work in the millennium. But you won't get tired. And you won't sweat. And you will labor, but it will not be labor in the sense of the way we relate to it now. It will be a paradise beyond what our minds can be able to comprehend. The millennial kingdom, of course, we know it's two compound words that come together for millennium, which is thousand, and then the age of, of it adding it together. We know that there's post-millennials, pre-millennials, those that don't even believe in millennium, that it's basically spiritual. But to me, there's too many, too many scriptures and quotes, of course, that the prophet's given to us for us to deny that it is a natural, literal kingdom on the earth for a thousand years. You believe that? So if it is, I, I believe that it's the time and the season for us to be able to break into it to understand the character of the kingdom and the character of those who will be there and what type of kingdom it will be. We closed it out last night that one of the traits of the millennium kingdom will be under the messianic rule of the Lord Jesus as the son of David. In that, it, every kingdom has traits and characteristics. We know that the Babylonian kingdom did, the Medo-Persia uh, kingdom did. It come to the Greeks, come to the Romans. Every one of those kingdoms had traits, characteristics. With the Greeks, it was uh, you know a lot on the plays, on culture, uh, on many of those things. On the Romans, it was a society of bringing a civilization, of bringing education, pavement to the roads. Uh, they built great aqueducts and water resources which are, can still be found in different parts of the world today. And yet it was something about their kingdom by which it was a trade. And yet we'll have water, no doubt, in that day. We will have food supply. Uh, people have already asked me, will there be uh, electricity? Will there be this, that, the other? Well, I really don't know when it comes down to those sorts of things, whether there'll be those there or not. But I know it'll be good. So don't worry about it. You'll like it. It's better than any five-star resort you ever stayed in, believe me. And it ain't going to be them types of things that anybody that's really born again is going to write a bad review. 
Everybody will be thumbs up and highly recommended to anybody that wants to come along. But yet, many of those things, no doubt, we won't see and understand until we get there because it's as if any man who has the ability to prepare a honeymoon for his wife. And he, they would talk and he would say, well, where would you like to go? Well, I'd kind of like to go to the Caribbean. Oh, I don't like to go down there. Too many naked women on them beaches. Well, you got a point there. Well, what about if we go to Alaska? I'm not sure I'd want to go up there. They tell me that there's a lot of cold days that can be in the summertime. So you're kind of going with trade-offs. Well, what about Italy? I was like, well, I can't talk Italian. That's true. I can't talk Italian either. Well, what about if we went to Europe? And what about if, well, why don't we just go to Gatlinburg? I mean, that's the main place where everybody goes. They say, well, I guess we might as well. So you talk about it and you go to deciding well, what would be the best for your makeup and, and your financial abilities of what you're able to do. But then, you know, maybe the groom has little things that he has and he thinks, well, you know, I'm going to wait and surprise her with this and that and the other. I know she likes this special restaurant. I've made a reservation for her to be there, but I'm not going to let her know it. I'm going to surprise her. So to me, it's the same way with our Lord Jesus in that he could have given us every description of everything that it's going to be, but what he did was he gave us enough to be able to whet our appetite, an appetizer, as we would say. So today we're going to eat on a few millennium appetizers so that it will make you so homesick you won't even want to leave church. You understand what I'm saying? You won't even want to go to Bojangles and get no chicken or go to Longhorn and get no steak. Whenever I dismiss, you'll just want to kind of hang around and float in heavenly atmosphere and be in the presence of God. I'm giving you a warning before I preach this. This is going to make you more homesick than you've ever been in your life. It's going to make you where you look out here in this world and you realize how dark and what a decrepit place that we live in. That's what the Word of God does for us. But unlike the Babylonians, unlike the Greeks, unlike the Grecians, the Medes and the Persians, the Medo-Persian kingdom, when it come together, began first with the Medes and the Persians, and they call it the Medo-Persia, so they identified it together. This kingdom also has characteristics and traits by which it will be identified in. Each of those kingdoms that I just mentioned to you, it mainly took on the characteristic of the leaders themselves. For the most part, it was the king. And then from the king's own dominion and what he wanted to do was the way that the kingdom was identified. Now some of those kings would actually allow religious freedom, actually allow religious liberties. And some of the people were able to stay in their conquered domain and say if they were conquered in Israel, they was able to remain in Israel and they was able to worship, have their own privacy and so on. But others looked at it totally different. They said, no, 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 we can't do that because if we allow them to do that, they will rebel against us. So they would go in, they would capture the main leaders and they would move them to say Babylon or they would move them in various places. So each one of these kingdoms cooked on the policy and the nature of the king or that one which was an authority. In this millennium kingdom, it will take on the kingdom nature of King Jesus. Now King Jesus in the way that he looks at the millennium he will not be able to allow Muslims to remain Muslim and be subject to a Jew. He will not allow the Gentiles to worship three gods when there's only one sitting on the throne. Neither will he allow two Lord people to worship two since there's still only one on the throne. So every person...
person will be subjugated unto the headship of the king. Now those in glorified bodies, which will be the resurrected saints, think of it. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Malachi, Malachi, rather, Haggai, all of those people that we've read about in the Bible, all of those saints of God, those elected saints of God down through the ages, finally the children of Israel will reign in the promised land the way God allocated it to them in the beginning. You understand, even under the, under the leadership of Joshua, the children of Israel never got the entirety of their land. When Joshua was ready to die, he said there's much land that's still yet to be possessed. Reading the book of Judges, after Joshua's passing, and you'll still find they never possessed it. Under the dominion of David, they never possessed it. Under the dominion of Solomon, they never possessed it. But under the dominion of the son of David... Amen. Israel will gain her possession. And it's amazing when you look at the map, the ge geographical layout of it, that, you know, Asher is here, Naphtali is here, and Judah is here. This is the way the natural possession was given under their church age, if I can say it that way. But when you look under the, under the, na the geographic allocation given to them under the millennium, it's not a spot here and a spot here and a spot there. But it comes like this. One comes this way, one this way, one this way, one this way, because they finally get their triumph order and they'll come to their original position that God wanted them to have in the land had they lived through the garden of Eden you see Eden started out in this blessed paradise of God in the land of Egypt you know that already I'm sure Satan's Eden 1965 it was in the land of Egypt of course Egypt borders the land of Israel and it was going to be Egypt was going to spill over the garden of Eden into the paradise of God so this is where we should have been in the garden of Eden so this millennium is rekindling restarting again the millennium which was brought on hope because of Adam's sin. But God is going to identify this millennium kingdom. It will take on the messianic nature of the Messiah himself. So because all the other kings fight and they war and they do all of that, our nation itself, we realize we must have an army, a navy, an air force, all that. If we didn't, Russia would take us over. If we did not have all of that, but in the millennium, there won't be one tank. There won't be one weapon, there will not be one gun, there will not be a handgun, a shotgun, a rifle. Uh, amen, all of you military guys, you'll be on a, a total rest. There won't be no air force, there won't be no army, there won't be no national guard. It will all be a dominion of peace. There will never be no more wars. They will never even study war no more. They will never have any schools as if they do up in Virginia to be able to go through and teach some military tactics and study this man done this. No, we won't need it because there will be peace forevermore. Even those who are not born again and living in glorified bodies will be brought subject to the rule and the dominion of the king of of kings. Notice Isaiah chapter 11 verse 8. And the sucking child shall play on the hole of the ass. And the winged child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. And they shall not hurt 
nor destroy in all my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea and in that day there shall be an ensign of the people to it shall the Gentiles seek and his rest shall be glorious so it will be a kingdom of peace and rest and happiness and joy nobody will ever get mad there won't be no gossipers allowed well glory praise the lord there will never be anybody ever start a riot on the streets of Jerusalem. Well, praise be to God. There will never be no hospitals. There won't even be no clinics. And there won't be no nurses. And there won't be no doctors. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Notice Isaiah 11.10. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek. Now what's the heathen that will be on the outside of the Gorgon? Now remember, even, let me just drop this in. Even though in the millennium we will be on the earth, our home, listen, our home for those in glorified bodies will still be the new Jerusalem. So if you get to missing it, you'll be able to go up and look at it. You'll travel like a thought. Your home will still be hanging there in that dimension, finished and waiting. Glory be to God. To it shall the Gentiles seek and his rest shall be glorious. Micah 4.3 he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off and they shall beat their swords into plowshares now notice they are still identified by nationality everybody in the millennium will not be a Jew but there will be Gentiles and there will be elect everybody in the millennium is not elect You'll know them because all of a sudden you're standing there talking to them, shaking their hand, and then they're gone. And glorified bodies. Non-elect will be living in human bodies. It's the whosoever will group in the millennium. Praise be to God. They'll make their choice in the millennium to serve God. How? Under preaching? No. Under the Davidic kingdom. Under the kingdom reign of the millennium. You say, that's crazy. No, it's not crazy. It was under the reign and the reign of Adam in the Garden of Eden that he made his choice. Is that right? Now watch. Micah says, nations shall not lift up a sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree and none shall make them afraid. There has never been nor will there ever be that a king that lived on the earth that this could be said about in his monarchy and this monarchy is not going to be limited to a little stretch of land on the land of Palestine. It will be all over the civilized earth. Every place on the earth will be under the dominion and control of the Lord Jesus under his prince sons. 
Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. We are kings and priests and we will reign on this earth for a thousand years. Notice this. Oh my. You know, this is a proverbial saying that was given, of course, more common to the Eastern people than it would be to us. But it was a sign when you say that a man would sit under his fig tree and under his vine. It was, it was a couple different things. It was a sign that war had not ravaged your property. Because whenever they would come in, this is one of the things they would do. They would stop your wells. They would fill up all your wells. And if you didn't have water, of course, you couldn't live. So they would stop up your wells and they would cut down all your trees and they would kill all your vines and kill down all your, your fruit trees. And this was one way you would not live there because you couldn't live anymore. So if this is a sign of a proverbial parable singing it this way that every man will set under his fig tree and his vine. Why? There's no enemy there to cut it down. And it is yours. And you ain't got no neighbor there like Ahab trying to take it away from you. It is yours forever. It belongs to you as a son and daughter of God. It will be peace and tranquility and the enjoyment of your property. So where are you going, sweetheart? I'm going to go out and hang out around the fig tree. Just kind of kick back and say, what are you doing? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Where you been? Oh, I've been hanging around around the fig tree. Why? It's a sign of the kingdom of Christ. Well, praise God. Look, friends, be honest. It's what you long for in retirement. You, you work and you work and you think about your IRA and your ORA and your NRA and all the other things. Well, I have enough and I retire. And you think of what this ideal retirement is. You want to retire early where you and your wife can be able to go here and there and do this and that and the other. And all kinds of things come into it that interrupt it. And you never get to do anything. I didn't have enough money. We couldn't do that. Well, we didn't plan on this and that and the other. Here I got old and ugly and she's old and ugly and both of us is crippled around. We ain't going to get to do nothing. But this is perfect. Perfect retirement. Amen. You talking about a perfect retirement community. I'm preaching you one here today. Oh, blessed be the Lord. But yet you will be there with motives and with objectives and desires for what? The kingdom of Christ. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. There will be no social or political or religious wars that will ever rage. Isaiah 14, 3, it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow and from thy fear and from the hard bondage wherein thou hast made to serve that thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, how hath the oppressor ceased the golden city? Yeah, the golden city. Ceased. The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers. He who smote the people in wrath with a continual stroke. He that ruled the nations in anger is persecuted and unhindered. God said, look what I'm going to do. I'm going to get rid of all these type of people. There won't be none of them there. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the 
Isaiah 49, 8. Thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time have I heard thee, in a day of salvation have I helped thee, and will I preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth, to cause to inherit the desolate heritages. That thou mayest say to the prisoners, go forth. To them that are in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed in the ways and their pastors shall be in all high places. Now we touched on this a little bit already, but it didn't get it all done. So let's look at it again on the great productivity of the earth. And keep in mind yourself. Because remember the earth was cursed after man forfeited his rights to eternal life. And the earth was left with enough productivity to where that man would be able to exist on the earth after its curse. He would struggle. There would be thorns, which there wasn't before. There would be thistles, the corn plant, the wheat, all of this would struggle. It would have to struggle through blight. It would have to struggle through drought. It would have to struggle through too much rain or not enough rain or cold mornings and damp nights and all these different things. But that will be eliminated when we come back to the millennium. And the earth will be released out from under the curse. As the animal nature will be released and they will no more be carnivorous. They will be herbivores. Amen. And nothing will die. Brother Branham was asked this question by Brother Charlie Cox. said, Brother, Brother Branham, don't you think, do you think that we'll hunt squirrels in the millennium? I said, Brother Charlie, he said, if I could convince you that you was a dog... And then you got raised up from being a dog to being a human being. You think you'd ever want to go back to being a dog again? Question answers, you can find this. I'm not making this up. You think you'd ever want to go back to being a dog? He said, no. He said, but we just love it so much. He said, I thought we just, he said, Brother Charlie, there will be nothing killed in the millennium. You see, in our minds, we think, well, I like this and I like that. And boy, if that ain't there, I mean, if chocolate ain't in the millennium, boy, count me out. Man, if there's not a Starbucks, well, you can make your plans now. Starbucks won't be there. <laughs> and then we think of all the things that we like and we relate to and oh my, how could we live without? Friends, it'll be so much higher and so much better than anything we can imagine in our minds. And all of a sudden the earth will be released. The vitamins, the nutrients, the calcium, the phosphorus, the phosphates, the ammonia nitrate. All those things in them. You think you do something when you throw out some ammonia nitrate on your grass in the springtime. You'll be mourning it about five more times each time you do it too. Yet what does it do? You talk about millennium ammonia nitrate. When the earth will explode. Psalm 67.3 Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For thou shalt judge the people righteously. Now notice the setting of this. And govern the nations upon the earth. Selah. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then, then shall the earth yield her increase. And God, even our own God, shall bless us. 
God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. When we step out on the earth, can you imagine how it must have felt when Adam stepped out on the earth and there was not another soul anywhere? No civilization, no societies. You're the only man within 24,000 miles circumference of the earth. There's not another human being on the rest of the continents. The silence must have been deafening. The freshness must have been overwhelming. The newness and the, the scent of everything in its original creation must have been all. Our senses have been so dulled by sin, by the fall, our sight. Everything about us is so dulled by sin. Can you imagine what it must have been when the man was created and he wakes up out of that and he walks around and he looks at the greens and they were so green and the blues were so blue and the yellows and the pinks and the reds and the oranges and the purples and everything that God made. It's a kaleidoscope of color. It must have been so brilliant and bright remember the sun will return to that state in the millennium for the bible tells us that the moon will be as bright as the sun and the sun will be seven times brighter than it is now we'd have to have different eyes to take it can I go on Notice Isaiah 35, 1. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Now, I hope you don't think I'm nuts this morning, but I, I really believe with all of my heart in the original state that there was no other humans there praising God. But Adam had the sense given to him by the Almighty that he actually was able to hear animals, trees, Plants the earth as they worshiped God. Yeah, you think I'm crazy, don't you? Well, do you understand how much we've lost? Do you understand how desensitized we are by the hardness of this sinful world? Oh my, my brother, sister, you can imagine if this earth was washed off and cleansed by fire and become anew and we were sat back down on it in a new body, the trees would even look different. The animals would look different. Everything, why it takes on the kingdom of the king, the kingdom nature. What makes this world the way it is? How she's taken on the nature of the man who has her in his control right now and that is the devil. Notice this in Isaiah 35 too. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and sing. The desert is going to sing. It won't need Harry to give it a C or Larry to give it a D or an F. Praise God. It will come back to the original creation praising God.
It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Isaiah 41, 18. I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar and shittah tree and the myrtle and the oil tree. I will set in the desert the fir tree and the pine and the box tree together. It's going to be totally transformed. This ain't Israel doing it now neither. Only God can do this part. I'm talking about God run a little irrigation line over here, a little bit of irrigation line over here. Oh no, it's going to go back to like it was in the beginning before the curse. Notice that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord, when we step out on this earth, can you imagine, maybe a glimpse of time will go back to the Appalachian Mountains and we'll say, oh my goodness, there's no comparison. I stood right here thousands of years ago I stood right here on Clingman's dome look at this oh I thought it was beautiful then praise be to God Notice this is the reason that it's all coming together. That they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord hath done this. And the Holy One of Israel has created it. You imagine you brothers as you take your wife by the hand. And we walk out on the ashes of the wicked. No doubt he'll give us a preview glimpse first of the honeymoon suite before he calls the heathen. So we travel about on the globe. And we go around from continent to continent looking at its newly created beauty. We see the paradise in the Caribbean. We go from there to Europe. We go to what used to be Antarctica which was totally covered in ice. There ain't enough ice there to make a glass of iced tea. <laughs> Why? The millennium has dawned. <laughs> we go to the North Pole and what is it? We find palm trees. And we cover the globe. And he says, what do you think, sweetheart? And we're saying, oh, glory be to God. Our God has done this. Who better, who better than to know what a change was made than Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, you and you and you and you and you that lived on this earth under Satan's control and now you step out under, under the messianic control and you say, mighty God, what a mighty God we serve. Friends, can you imagine for the first however long that it'll be, our breaths will almost be taken away as we look at it. Oh, it's beautiful. 
I wanted to show you before I gathered the heathen together. Well, thank you. I wanted to show you this is where we're staying. Hey, you like it? Oh, we love it. Well, this is your honeymoon suite. Just go about, you know, you want to go over to, to the North Pole or the South Pole. Just, just think about it. And then when you want to come back, just think about it and you'll be right back here. Enjoy it, my children. You live for me on earth. You suffered for me. You stood up for me when people hated you. You despised me. Oh, they despised you. They despised me. And because of that, my children, blessed are you. You have overcome now. I invite you to sit with me in my throne. This is my dominion. Come, children. the first day the millennium dawns the tigers the wolves are all just laying around like kittens and dogs and you know, just glory to God the trees are so green the sky is so and the waters are so sparkling and so clear. And he don't re- use reverse osmosis. Culligan is not to be found. It's the original creator. He's the one who makes clean, fresh, pure water. So here we all step out and we're saying, that where Johnson City used to be? Look at that now. Wow. Those of you that's been in Israel, maybe you go down through the area of what used to be the Dead Sea and say, Ain't this Mount Sodom? I stood here in May of 2018. Why, there wasn't hardly no plants nowhere. I reached down and took my foot and kicked around rocks. Now, this is true in reality. I reached down when we was there and picked up blocks of salt laying everywhere. Not hardly a plant in sight. But I step out on the millennium. And there's box trees, there's fir, there's myrtle, there's shittah, there's oil trees. I said, wow. And I'm thinking, glory to God, somebody hold my mules. And I'm thinking, that's what he done to me. I I was like my Sodom, I I was lost, I was blind, I was wretched. And his great life come from out from under the throne of God and transformed me to a child of God and gave me life, power, renewed me. Isaiah 55, 12. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. No doubt they do it now. But we're so desensitized that we can't see what's around us. We get so involved with stupid stuff. Old carnal stuff that's going to pass away and the reality of God is around us every day of our life and we don't even know it. 
But there, where is that? What? Listen to that. That sounds like a choir. Is that Brooklyn Tabernacle? No, some of them won't be there if they don't get right. Wow, what choir is that? Hill 7, 1, 2, 5, and 14. They're singing five-part harmony. The mountains and the birds. You think the birds sing beautiful songs now? They'll sing melodies. They'll sing, oh, glory to God, songs of a finished work of redemption. I'm talking about a world that is personified in grace and mercy. So the mountains and the hills will break forth before you and sing. The trees of the field will clap their hands. And instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall be the Lord for a name. And for an everlasting sign that will not be cut off. Joel 3.17 So shall you know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion. My holy mountain, then shall Jerusalem be holy. There shall no more strangers pass through her anymore. And it shall come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drop down new wine. And the hills shall flow with milk. And all the rivers of Judah shall flow with waters. And a fountain shall come forth from the house of the Lord. And shall water the valley of Shittim. Out from under the millennium temple will come a river. And it will be divided. Part toward the Mediterranean, part toward the Dead Sea. Out from under the house of God. Amos 9.13 Behold the days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him that soweth seed. You imagine, the earth will release such productivity through the increase of her fertility ability. The nitrogen and the phosphate and the phosphorus and the ammonia nitrate and all of those things will be so great. The guys out there cutting it all down and they look behind them and say, Lord have mercy, that guy's plowing right on our feet. I say, come on, guys, we got, we got a bumper car. Man, we got people being born around here every day. It's so much corn. It's so much wheat. It's so much oil. They're overtaking them. The treader of the grapes, him that soweth seed, and the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. And I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel. And they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. And they shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof. They shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them. I said, Brother Darn, I've never been in the garden. Huh, you're fixing to get a change. For those of you that's worried about building your own house, don't worry about it. The chief architect, he'll teach you how to build that too. So don't worry about that part. Notice in verse 15, I will plant them upon their land and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land which I have given them, saith the Lord thy God. Isaiah 65, 21, 
they shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. Can you imagine people in glorified bodies? Brothers, you won't have to worry about hitting the wrong nail. No dings, no dents, no scratches and glorified bodies. Praise be to God. Tell me that you understand. It's not an angelic heaven. It's not a celestial realm somewhere where we just float around and do nothing. You were made a human being. You were made to enjoy the things human beings enjoy righteously. Wouldn't it be something if we could live on this earth in peace? And happiness. No trouble in our families. No trouble in our homes. No troubles on the job. No troubles in our church. Everybody just loved going to church and everybody was saved. Boy, that would be heaven. <laughs> Nobody would go, I don't like the music. What did you think about the song today? I thought it was too worldly. That air conditioner. I'd like to know who controls that. I'd like to give them a piece of my mind. You better keep it. You might need it. I don't know why in the world they've got to... Nobody like that will ever be there. The grumblers and the ancients will be missing far away, according to the song, Meeting in the Air. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For the days of a tree are the days of my people. And mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands he wants you to be able to live a life like this on your home before he changes it into the eighth day kingdom how many never get to enjoy the work of their hands they lay up for who their children Right? And then their children sell it. You know that's the truth. Many people that struggled and struggled to make something for their family, a house or a home or a farm or whatever. And then you got a kid that gives us that, I don't like this place. I never did like it. I don't like picking maters. I don't like picking green beans and blackberries and all that stuff. I'm selling this thing as soon as daddy dies. Yeah, you better change that attitude if you're going to be in the millennium. But God said it won't be that way here because daddy ain't going to die. Amen. Amen. You'll not build a house and then your son get it because you got old. You ain't going to get old. You'll enter into the millennium about 20 and you'll be 20 for the next billions of years. You ain't going to die. You ain't going to get sick. You're going to enjoy the fruit of your labor. They shall not labor in vain or bring forth for trouble for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. You can let your children go to hell if you want to. I'm claiming mine. My children, my grandchildren, my son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws, if I had them, in-laws, outlaws, I'm claiming them. And if they go to hell, they'll go over the top of the claim of a servant of God. Come on, 
own children, you've got a right. Oh, Brother Donnie, they may not be bride. That's exactly right. They may not be bride. But you leave that token and say, God, I refuse to let my granddaughter go. I refuse to let my son go. God, bring him in. I want you to notice the way Isaiah separated that. He separated their offspring from the elect. It shows you that all offspring aren't elect. Well, praise the Lord. I'm sorry you didn't know that, but that's the Bible. Notice in future home, remember this feast of tabernacles. Tabernacles, gathering places, amen. Where in the millennium, the Bible said, they shall build houses and they shall inhabit. But in the new earth, he has already went to prepare the place. It's built. So the eighth is already built before we're in the seventh. I love working with those numbers. Do you understand? Your city, your home, it's already built. When the prophet of God was here and he writing in the church age book, he said the gates have already been hung. The streets have already been laid. He has been there for 2,000 years building your new home. The devil's tread up and down the old heaven. He ain't never set a foot in this new bride boutique. There ain't never been a demon been allowed. They got a sign up on the door. No demons allowed. No liars allowed. No harmongers allowed. Notice that he said, we have nothing to do with the building of it. Amen. Eternal. Why the millennium? Living out man's incomplete purpose. Praise God. To build your house, you and your wife, to plant your vineyard, to plant your vine, and go out and sit under it. I say, sweetheart, let's go out and sit for a few minutes under the fig tree. I'm ready. Praise God. We ain't tired, though. Oh, we've been here. What is this? 983 years now? I feel as fresh and young as I did the first day I got here. Now, we all like to say that when we're getting old and we like to act that way. You may be up here, but look in the mirror. Oh, I feel like I did when I was 20. What are, what are you on? Let me see your scripts after church. You might feel that way for a few minutes, but buddy, it don't take you long to wind down. You jump up out of the bed. Hallelujah. Man, I'm 62 years old and I feel like a 22-year-old. Hallelujah. Oh. Oh. Don't take long to, oh, Brother Jim's laughing over there. He doesn't have that pain hit him. But brother, sister, when we get there, every day you get up if you need to rest, every day will be as the first day. You will be just as happy as you was day one. You won't be sick. You won't be worried. You won't be troubled. Israel will be in the millennium and her tribal order restored. Ezekiel 37, 21, Say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they have gone. Will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land, and I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. And one king shall be king to them all. They shall be no more two nations. 
Now remember Judah and Israel divided. Had their own separate kings, separate prophets, separate government, everything. But God said no. No more splits in the church. They shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms anymore at all. Neither shall they defile themselves anymore with their idols or with their detestable things. Nor with any of their transgressions, but I will save them out of their dwelling places wherein they have sinned. And will cleanse them. They're getting a new body. God said, I'm going to redeem you out of them dwelling places that have caused your shortcoming. And I'm going to cleanse you. Amen. So shall they be my people and I will be their God. And David, my servant, shall be king over them. Now we looked at this a little bit before. Here's going to be Jesus, the son of David, which is going to be the king. And here's also going to be David, which is the son of the king, which is the son of David. So Jesus is the son of David, but yet David will be under the son of David, which is the son of the king. Well, we've got a lot of sons going on here anyway. And David will be a prince. You realize David took the throne when he was 30 years old and went to 70. 40 is the time, the allotted time that God actually wanted a king to be allocated on the earth. It's the perfect time as far as God gave to the time span of a king. But David's ended at the age of 70. Well, may I say it this way? It paused. David will get to become a prince over all the land of Israel, which he never got to when he was here in his own throne. And Jesus, the son of David, the king, will allocate to David, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Donnie, Tim, Terry, Peter, Paul, James, Matthew, Mark. Praise God. He will rule before the ancients. I'll let you think on that for a minute. Verse 25, and they shall dwell on the land that I have given unto Jacob, my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt. And they shall dwell therein, even thy and their, they and their children and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince. So you've got one in verse 4 called David the king. And you've got another in verse 25 called David the prince. Praise be to God. Children, don't you want to go? Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. I will place them and multiply them, and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And the heathen shall know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. Oh my, Solomon built one. And we know that Herod built one. There'll be another one built, of course, in the tribulation period. But God's building this one. The Messiah will build the Millennium Temple. We're building our house. He's building his. Oh. 
the seventh seal, the prophet said Ezekiel in his vision in the millennium, he sees them again in perfect order. Now remember there were two tribes that were blotted out, but they were blotted out from under heaven, not in the earth. And the return of the millennium, they find their place again in tribal order. Ezekiel, if you want to read it, put it down and you can read it sometime. He said, Ezekiel 48, 1 to 7, and also read 23 to 29. Ezekiel seen every tribe exactly in order. All right, also in Revelation 14, John seen them again in tribal order. That's right, every tribe to his place. So here will be the bride, and here will be the 144,000. And on the face of the earth, spread across like the dust of the earth, unregenerate people living in human bodies living to be 500 years old 600 years old 700 years old 800 900 praise God notice Ezekiel 48 too by the border of Dan from the east side to the west side a portion of Asher. Notice now, from the east side to the west side. Their boundaries is not like this, a conglomeration of spots. But it's actually going like this in a horizontal line. It's measured from east to west. Uh-huh. That's the way the gospel travels. So from east to west will be the way they will come. And then from west back to east again as we take it back to the land of the sun. By the border of Dan from the east side unto the west side a portion for Asher. By the border of Asher from the east side to the west side a portion for Naphtali. So notice their boundaries now. It's coming from one side to the other. So here they come in a straight line, perpendicular line running across through there. Now they're finally placed in their proper position. Why didn't they get that under their church age tithe? Because they were in time. They were in an age of rejection. Remember they turned God down as far as being their king. So their inheritance was never what God meant for it to be. He wanted them to be from east to west. East to west. East to west. Perpendicular to each other exactly where he told them to be. But he said now you're going to get it. You was born never to die. You was born never to age and get sick. You got a little glob over here and a little glob over there and a little glob over here but wait till you get your glorified body. You'll be from east to west. East to west, east to west, straight across, no blips in life, no ups, no downs, nope, straight across from east to west. Oh, notice, let me read a couple more and then we're closing. By the border of Naphtali from the east side to the west side, a portion from Manasseh. By the border of Manasseh from the east side to the west side, a portion for Ephraim. By the border of Ephraim from the east unto the west, a portion for Reuben. Notice each one of them coming side by side by side, just lined up like this on the top of the, of the state of Israel. By the border of Reuben from the east side to the west, a portion for Judah. Every one of them, all up and down through the land of Israel. And you and King Jesus, in Jerusalem. And if somebody didn't go to church, I'll have to leave for a few minutes and go over and burn their hide. And tell them, hey, where was you about Sunday? We had church. Oh, well, I, 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 I went to Walmart. All right, you ain't getting no rain on your corn. God's real strict about church attendance. He still is in the millennium. Well, praise the Lord. 
Now you imagine that's the severity of the punishment of the millennium. <laughs> that sounds like a honeymoon to me. Let's jump down to verse 22. Moreover, the possession of the Levites and from the possession of the city, being in the midst of that which is the princes, between the border of Judah and the border of Benjamin, shall be for the prince. You see, he's got his place too. In between two of these certain tribes. And for the rest of the tribes from the east side to the west side, Benjamin shall have a portion by the border of Benjamin from the east to the west, Simeon. By the border of Simeon from the east to the west side, Issachar. By the border of Issachar from the east side to the west, Zebulun. By the border of Zebulun from the east to the west, Gad. One on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other. Then the prince, then another, and another, and another. And the whole land is laid out. All the deserts are gone. All the wadis, what they call them now, a wadi. All gone. All the desert plants totally annihilated. Roses, cauliflower, broccoli. Oh, I'll be changed for sure. <laughs> if Jesus makes broccoli, I'll eat it. I'll have a new body. I can handle it. Verse 31, and the gates of the city shall be after the names of the tribes of Israel. Three gates northward. One gate of Reuben, one gate of Judah, one gate of Levi. Notice now how this is different than the city of the eighth day. And those gates are the names of the apostles. Here's the tribes. Why? Israelis will have the supremacy in the millennium. That's why Muslim will definitely have to be converted to show up there. God has always loved Israel. Come on, church. They will be the premier nation of the millennium. Well, hallelujah. Well, you say, I don't like it. You better get that attitude changed if you're planning on being there. Let me read a couple more scriptures and we'll close. Because we ain't going to get done. Let's jump down to verse 35, Brother Caleb. And it was around about 18,000 measures. This is the city, of course, and the temple that he's measuring. Can you imagine what a strange thing it must have been? Ezekiel is in his fifth year of captivity. He was a priest. Ezekiel was a priest. He's fixing to enter into the higher order of priesthood. All of a sudden, he breaks into the fourth dimension, the realm of vision. And a man appears to him in a bronze color appearance. And he says, come, let's measure the city. So this angelic being takes him on a tour of the Millennium Temple. The measurements, the way it was articulated to this man, absolutely profound when you read this in chapter 44 through 48. What God showed this man thousands of years ago, and it will be to the inch when it's built. 
Praise God. Now here he's coming to the end of it. 18,000 measures and the name of the city that day shall be the Lord is there which is Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Couldn't get a better name in my opinion. So what did David whenever he captured Jerusalem and then he added Zion, which is on the outskirts. And what did they call it? The city of David. But now God says this will be called Jehovah Shammah. For I will be among my people. Stand. The earth's nations will gather together. Embracing Zion as the city of of Yahweh but they will say Yahweh is there the scripture says they will take a hold of the skirt of him that is called a Jew and say we hear God's with you can we go up to the house of God with you I hope you can understand where I'm going. Every nation on the earth that has persecuted them, God will make the remnants of those nations which never heard truth. Honor and reverence Israeli supremacy in the millennium. The real Germans will have no problem with it. The real Poles will have no problem with it. The real Brits will have no problem with it. Come on. God's going to raise them up. That's his choice. Just as God raises the bride by his choice and places her the dearest to his heart. Praise be to God. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 10. And the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls. And their kings shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy on thee. Therefore thy gates shall be opened continually. They shall not be shut day or night that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles. And that their kings may be brought. For the nation, the kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish. Yea, those nations shall utterly be wasted. The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee the fir tree, the pine tree, the box together to beautify the place of my sanctuary. I will make the place of my feet glorious. And when they come in, they're coming through the gate of Benjamin or Naphtali or Gad or Issachar or Reuben. As I said, you got to be a converted Muslim to be in the millennium. Won't be no minarets up there where they'll be oh, hey, fried chicken, pinto beans, mashed taters, and all that sort of thing. Makes about as much sense to me, don't you? There won't be none of the calls of prayer going on there. But they'll be saying, let's go up to the house of the God of Jacob. No doubt there'll be some converted Muslims there and they'll grab a hold of a garment of a Jew and say, brother, can I go with you? I hear God is with you. 
sons of Ishmael, sons of Esau. There'll be some of them saved. They'll be right there subject to the very great king himself. <laughs> oh, glory. The sons also of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee, and they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet, and they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Praise God. Let's pray together. Oh, blessed Melchizedek. What great things await us. Lord Jesus, if we were just the fodder keepers, if we just lived outside, we had to pick up trash if there was such a thing. It'd be something to see such a kingdom where there's no babies born blind. There's no divorce courts in the land. There's a judicial system. And as I said last night, there's an educational system. There will be teachers there. But the society and the truth will not be separated as it is today. It will be merged together. So every school will be a Bible school. For the heathens will continuously be giving birth. And they will need to be taught the Lord's way. Praise God. So we'll be dispatched to be able to teach them about Yahweh. It will be to understand the divine protocol before they come up the next Sabbath. And the next new moon. Who better to tell somebody about a king than the king's wife? She, after all, she spends more time with him than anybody else. Praise God. Lord Jesus, I'm so glad we believe this today is the truth. All I know is Satan may try to get in people's minds and say, how in the world could you believe such a book? But yet, Lord, whenever I read the facts of how your Bible was put together, written over a period of 1,600 years, written in different cultures, written in different languages, three major languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, Greek, and then even some minor languages, Chaldaic, in different languages. Many of these prophets never even saw one another, never even knew one another. And yet their prophecies dovetail perfectly. So I wonder if we could get a mechanic book today and span a mechanic book over 1,500 years. I wonder if we could take Mr. Ford's first manual on how to repair a Ford car. And compare it to today. How much continuity would we find? Or how to paint a car. Or how to even have a converter. We'd tell Mr. Ford, uh, Mr. Ford, my, my converter's blowed up. He said, I didn't build no converters on the Fords I built. 
So apparently the manual has changed. If we take religion, even with the organizations, how much the Baptist has changed in a hundred years, how much the Methodist has changed in 50 years, we wouldn't find no continuity. But yet your Bible spans the ages, written on different continents by different men who never knew each other. And their prophecies dovetail. And not long ago I read an article and I about blow the fuse when I read it. How that they put the Bible through a computer and had a computer to analyze it and spit out the results on the other end. And said from the best of the computation that they was able to detect. It was all written by one author. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. That's my daddy. Oh, Jesus, I pray you'd help us today. Don't let a one of us be missing, Father. If there's any here today that's not ready, help them. Lord, if there's some here and they're ready and they're doing everything they know to do, but they're just weary on the journey. Lord Jesus, may you undergird them. May you strengthen them, lift them up, Father. Encourage your children, Lord. We love you with all of our hearts. We want to see you, Lord Jesus. I'm so glad we don't have to wait till the millennium begins. But soon and very soon, we're going to see our king in a rapture. Praise God. We love you so much, Jesus. Go with us now as we depart here shortly, Father. And then we'll return a little later this afternoon for a little program that our children and the adults have put together. I pray that you bless all their efforts and all that they've done, Father. We know this is not the time of the year that you were born, but we want to acknowledge and say how grateful we are that you come to the earth. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being mindful of us. We love you, Father. Hallelujah. And the church said, Amen. Don't you want to be there? Yes, are you going to be there? Let's sing this little chorus together soon and very soon. We'll let you go. I know you've got a quick turnaround before we come back this afternoon to the Christmas program. Uh, nothing against the teachers, the musicians, the singers, and so on. But, dear friends, uh, there's nothing you'll be able to present this afternoon that's even going to compare to the Millennium program we had here this morning. <laughs> But in saying that, I appreciate all the effort that they all put forth. The singers, the musicians, the adults, the parents that bring them back and forth and back and forth and back and forth to all the practice. So if you can, come back and enjoy it. Amen. I'm sure that it'll be a blessing to our hearts. Let's sing it together and we'll let you go and have your lunch. Then you can come back. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Soon and very soon.
dismissed this morning. Oh, yes, soon and very soon we are going to see the King. Oh, soon and very soon we are going to see the King. Soon and very soon we are going to see the King. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the King. There'll be no more sorrow there. We are going to see the King. There'll be no more sorrow there. We are going to see the King. Oh, no more sorrow there. We are going to see the King. Hallelujah. 